This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines, sleep in peace tonight, American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. Well, hello and welcome once again, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, guardians, and the civilians serving by their sides. Welcome on in here to uh, this edition of Valor Radio. Uh, we have standing by an interview uh, with somebody I know you'll like to hear from. So I'm going to turn this right over to uh, Colonel Paul. Somebody also say hi to uh, Captain Steve Amato this morning. Hey, Steve. Good morning. All right, uh, Colonel, take it away. Thanks, Robert. We're going to get right to it because we have a man with a mission uh, on the other end of the phone. Uh, 28 days ago, we had a conversation with uh, retired Rochester Police Sergeant Brett uh, Soborowski. Um, he was in day three of his uh getting ready to do his third marathon three days in a row. That seemed like a pretty crazy thing to me at the time. And it's 28 days later, and the man has completed 30 marathons in 30 days. Uh, been very consistent. Uh, good morning, Brett. How you doing? Colonel, I'm doing excellent. How are you? Oh, I, I, you must be doing excellent. Just uh, every every day, every afternoon, I'm I'm waiting to see the results of your daily run. Uh, <laughs> it's become it's become a habit. They say you know you need to do something for a month to make it a habit. And every day, right around the same time, I'm checking social media to see uh, where you're at and that you made it through your run safely. I gotta. I don't even know where to begin here. Thirty days in a row. Uh, you've run a full marathon uh, through all different conditions, heat, rain, mountains, um, and uh, you're still laughing. I'm, I'm just I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of West Virginia now, and I had a reprieve yesterday, actually. I, I think I ran my fastest marathon, believe it or not, because I only had one, like, moderate climb for the day. Um, but this West Virginia mountains, man, they they try to kick me between the legs like every single day, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm still saying it. But I mean, I had I had monster like three and a half mile climbs, like straight up mountains. Well, I say straight up switchback after switchback, and I look at the I look at the tree line. I'm like, I'm at the top. You go around the corner, you're like, ah, oh, you're not even close to the top. Like you're not even you're not even half of the way there. And uh, you know that that's where like a lot of resolve comes in, and then. You know, trying to control the downhill so I don't shred my knees and my and my quads. So it's been interesting. Like very, I, you know, I approach everything very strategic out here, and uh, 
Like, and you might have to go through withdrawals. Colonel has. I got eighteen more days. You know, are, and everything stops. Well, what, what, are, what are we going to do next? I don't know what I'm going to do after June 11th. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm a little concerned for my own well-being here, uh, having to do that. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm getting reports from people uh, that are talking to you on the phone or that have been down there with you. And you know, I I, I would have expected that uh, you finish the marathon, you lay down. You ice yourself, and you just sit on your butt until the next morning, and everyone's telling me you're like the uh, Energizer Bunny. You're cooking. You're doing other things. You're just uh, functioning, and it's just like it's, this is just part of your day running this marathon, and then you, you have a normal day after that. Uh, is that really how it's going? That it, it, it is. And, you know, what, what I finally came to the realization is my full-time job now for these 48 days is to run a marathon and then prepare for the next day. And uh, and I think moving around really helps me. And this is the corniest example I can give you, but it's it's, it's maybe the only way I can like explain it to people so they understand. It's like when Spider-Man got bit by the radioactive spider and then like he had all those painful like symptoms at first, and then he became, you know, whatever he was with his special powers. That's what happened here. Like I the first week or two, I was like, holy crap, what did I get myself into? Like, this is going to be extraordinarily hard. And now I've adapted my body. And I was telling the guys I'm with today, like, I, I don't recognize, like, kind of what I've become because they were surprised. Uh, I have two tacking guys down here. I have Matt Pataki and Carl Bird. And they're like, how are you so, like, chipper and happy during these marathons? You're smiling, laughing, joking, still putting in work. And I, I don't know, like, something happened where – you know, I know I have to do it, so I do it and try to keep positive as possible, and then move on. But yeah, I don't, I don't lay down after. I, uh, I do a lot of active uh, recovery. So, you know, my biggest fear is that I get some catastrophic injury that, that you know, stops me in my tracks and, and puts a hold on this. So, work hard to, to avoid that. So, uh, tell us. Uh... Just give us a quick rundown of what you're, other than the four hours and 15 or 20 minutes that you're running the marathon, what do you do when you get up? What do you do after? What are you eating? Um, and what? How? tell us how you found your equilibrium through 30 days. Yeah, so I get up in the morning about uh, about 5.15, 5.10, a uh, cup of coffee, uh, uh, usually a pre-made protein shake in a cereal bar. That's what I eat before I leave and a concoction of some hydration and some uh, amino acids. Then we, we go out on the marathon, and about every three miles, a little bit longer in the beginning, my crew meets me on the side of the road, and I either have Gatorade or Powerade. And then every other stop, I have this hydration drink with either a Pop-Tart or a Ho-Ho or a uh, little <laughs> apple pie or cherry pie because it's so palatable. Like the race food that most marathoners eat are just, it's just sugar anyways. So I like, who doesn't love a ho-ho, right? That's like the highlight of my day. That's, that's what my life has come to. A ho-ho makes me happy. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> so we get done. Um, if we're right by the trailer, by my, my, by my motor home, I immediately put these ice, I have these ice packs I put on my knees. I go back, we cook breakfast, you know, which is like at 2 o'clock or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, protein pancakes, bacon and eggs, sometimes some protein cereal. And then I take a shower and I have these compression sleeves on my legs and they, they take ice packs. So I put those ice packs in until they thaw out. I soak my feet in ice water for 15 minutes to keep the swelling down. 
Uh, and then right after that, I start my first bout of rehab, which is, you know, a lot of massaging with a massage gun, a stick roller. I roll on the floor with a tennis ball. Uh, you know, and then we start planning for the next day. Before you know it, it's dinner time. Then it's another rehab after dinner. And then a protein shake before I go to bed. And the third bout of rehab you know, on when I'm in bed, stretching and uh, rolling. So, uh, Brett, uh, Bob Savage here. Uh, is there a particular pace that you run at? Uh, is there like a, you know, a benchmark that you aim for? So, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit of a slave to my watch and I'm not sure why, but I, I have this, I have this internal pace now and it's, you know, and it depends if I'm going up or downhill, but it's right at that like 10, 10 minute mile pace. And it doesn't tax me, uh, cardio wise, I cardio wise at a 10 mile pace, I turn into something like that. I don't recognize it. It's not, it's not hard. My heart rate is super low. It, it's somewhere between easy on my watch and uh, aerobic. And the only thing I have to manage throughout the 26 miles usually are either the mountain climbs to keep my heart rate down or just the discomfort because it bounces around. Like it'll be my left patellar tendon will get hot. And then my left, you know, my left ankle will get hot. Then my right plantar fasciitis will get hot. And it just bounces around. And I, you know, I, I, I talk about it in my book. I built this like giant discomfort silo in my head. As long as I can like view it as discomfort and not pain, then I can go on forever. That's amazing. Um, our our common friend uh, Peter Burnett. Uh, <laughs> I, I see you start laughing as soon as I say his name. Uh, I've I've been living with that for the last uh, sixty years with that guy. Um, <clears throat> always when we were kids, he was pretty amazing, and I don't know that. I don't know how much training he did before he came down and ran with you the other day, but he just showed up and ran a marathon with you, and oh well, you know, that's... It, it got better than that. Uh, so he told me, he, he gave me the story about how growing up with you, I didn't know he grew up with you and your brother, and uh, so he, he, I made him go on another radio show, and so after the pit stop, I ran ahead, and they had a wait to get on this radio show. And so after it was prolonged, so I had like a three-mile, you know, I was at mile 16. He was still back at mile 13. And Jay Vitsley says, come on, get in the truck. we got to catch up with Brett. And he goes, I'm not getting in the truck. I'm running a full marathon. And that man caught me within an hour. Here. And I had a, I swear to God, he caught me within an hour. I had a three-mile lead on him. I had turned around going up this giant mountain. There's Pete just chugging away. He, he's at another level. Like, people can say what they want about me. I know that I'm very average inside. Like, I, I know that. Pete, that guy can turn himself inside out every single day, and he usually does. I, I follow him on Garmin, uh-huh. and he's got an un, uncanny ability to deal to deal with suffering like like few people do in this world. Like he's special when it comes to that. Well, uh, I I just it was it was great seeing him at the end of the run. It's the least talking I ever saw Peter do any time in his life. So. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it was so awesome having him here. Yeah, well, that's great. We're, um, you know, Brett. We're we're following you. We're we're keeping you in our thoughts and our prayers. We know this is a a personal journey uh, uh, that you've dedicated uh, to uh, 
Tony Mazurkowitz and uh, in honor of him and in support of his family and Lynn, his wife in particular. And um, we, we understand, I think we understand what your motivation is getting up every day. And uh, we just uh, want you to know we're, we're watching closely and we'll be, you know, we'll be standing tall with you on, on, on June 11th. How's the fundraising coming? I mean, that, that was um, one of your, you know, one of the reasons you're doing this to raise awareness. How are we doing with that? We're, uh, I, I got the update the other day from Ellen Brenner, who um, has been amazing from Fleet Feet, helping me with this, totally volunteering. They're not making a dime off of this. Like, what a great person and organization that is. We're at six, almost 64000 in funds, and we have 585 people registered so far to run the last three miles. Like, oh. it's incredible. It's incredible. That's uh, absolutely spectacular. Are you? Uh, can you just tell people where they can, uh, if they want to donate uh, to the cause in uh, in honor of uh, Tony Mazurkowitz, uh, where they can go to uh, drop ten, fifteen, twenty five, fifty dollars uh, for his family? Yeah. So if you want to do like a one stop shopping, you can go to yellowjacketracing.com, yellowjacketracing.com, and if you look in there for under races, you'll see eight for Maz, and you can donate on that page and you can also sign up for the last three mile run and what i tell people is it's not a race it's a community it's, it's going to be a, a support run where we're going to run at a, a very slow pace like a 12 minute mile pace as a group in unity and you know finish down at the uh, halls of justice courtyards so don't be afraid you know that we're going to be just doing some blistering 5k pace it's going to be all together the TAC unit is going to be up front. Some of some of Tony's families are going to run. We invited the Pearsons to come. Um, it's just it's going to be this. You don't want to miss June 11th. That's what I would tell people. Even if you can't run, show up June 11th, one o'clock at the Halls of Justice, and you're going to see the, the love and support for that family. It's going to be outstanding. Well, we're looking forward to it, and like I say, every every after, I'm sitting in meetings at work, and uh, I I got to bring you up on my iPad or on my computer, whatever I have in the meeting with me, and I'm I'm waiting every day for uh, to make sure that you uh, made it through your run, and I say a little prayer when I know you got it done, and uh, uh, just can't wait to for the next day after that so we're i want you to know there's a lot of people here i know the the sheriff and the undersheriff are pretty excited uh about coming to see you and uh um and some folks from the sheriff's office they you know we were at the pga this weekend and you know a lot was going on there but your run just kept coming up in every, almost every conversation. So um, you're on everybody's minds back here, and don't, we don't want you to forget that. And if you know you're having a tough moment or something, just know you got all of us uh, pushing behind you as best we can from uh, from a distance, and we'll keep you keep it that way until uh, we know you've uh, completed your mission. So, uh, last word, sir. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, it's funny what like you know thoughts and prayers can do because i certainly feel them and that and and my thing is if we do the same thing for the for lynn and her family and, and that th- it's a tremendous tremendous help i'm excited because in about a week the great todd baxter is going to be coming down here and what that man did for me was i had a 13 day gap where i had no crew members and he called me up and he said i'm going to work on that and within three days he had that 13 gap day gap filled and like that's a leader that's a guy who cares about the Mazurkowitz family, leads from the front. I can't say enough about that great man. And I can't wait till he comes down here. It's gonna, it's just going to be incredible. So I appreciate your support. 
Um, I love the quotes that you give me. I, you know, they, they reel in my head when things get a little tough down here. So I appreciate that, Colonel, and I appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you, and stay safe. And uh, if not before, we'll see you on June 11th. Uh, and Godspeed getting through uh, through your run. We'll be back with more Valor Radio. Brett, thank you so much. We'll be back shortly with a little bit more. All right, Dave. Brett, stay safe and uh, have a good run today. And there's more to come on Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. Has got me going. I'm feeling hung up and strung up tight When I just feel like crying Cause nothing's satisfying I know what I gotta get to set me right Baby, all I need is your good, good loving baby That'll pick me up before I come to ten your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. Hi, this is Laura Stradley, Executive Director of Veterans Outreach Center and a U.S. Army veteran. At VOC, we offer a wide range of services from mental health support to job placement assistance and more. All of our programs are focused on the personal success of our veterans. I invite you to visit our website to learn more, vocroc.org. As we prepare for Memorial Day, I hope you'll take a few moments to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice in service to our nation. Thank you, and God bless America. Join Abate Monroe County American Bikers aimed toward education and help adult bikers ride free and safe. Check out our meetings on the third Friday monthly at Wise Guys Diner and Catering, 2811 Dewey Avenue. Join Abate for less than 50 cents a week. Google Abate Monroe County on the web. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. All right, we're back in here. Uh, Colonel, let's uh, reintroduce Captain Steve Mamano. Bring him in. Howdy. How you doing today, Steve? I'm doing okay. All right? Yeah. All right. Life can always be worse, though, right? No, listening to Brett, I'm I'm, I'm feeling a lot better now. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, the longest thing I've ever done uh, was a 40-kilometer, something called the Donkin March. Um, oh, you told me about that. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. All right, what you what you said they did? Yeah, you know, you got to carry a certain weight of uh, all your military equipment, your weapon, um, and you have to carry a certain amount of weight. And I thought that was uh, 
that that put a pretty much. I'm not an infantry guy. I'm a tanker. You know, they yeah, said right. when I went in the army, they said they said you can you can walk or you can ride, and <laughs> you know that was a quick decision for me. But uh, um, I just just every day as I you know as I was saying to Brett, I'm just uh, grateful that he's he's been able to not suffer any injury. Amen. Just think about the number of miles. I can't even do the arithmetic. Let's see, thirty times twenty six and a half. So um, seven hundred miles. And jeez. I mean, most people don't go oh, the mind. run that much in their life. I know, I, you know, just uh, absolutely amazing. So we'll he keep... must go through a lot of shoes. Yeah, I got to think. I, I, hopefully, he's he's keep. I'm sure he knows. He's probably pretty disciplined with that. Uh, yeah, because that that could lead to an injury real quickly too if you if your shoes are breaking down or anything. But uh, man, just absolutely. He makes and, a good point. I mean, going downhill is actually more hazardous. Yes. Yeah. His time yesterday. It you know every day he posts um, some pictures on Facebook, and one of them is. Uh, the altitude change. You know, he, he it's a graph of the the mileage. And yesterday, you, like he said, he had a one climb, but he he was going downhill for a vast majority of it, and you could hurt yourself. I, I don't think you're ever going to find more unforgiving terrain than West Virginia. No, if you're a runner, no, no, that, no, no. That, that, that's some serious terrain to, to, to traverse and i know what he's talking about those switchbacks i know i used to in my own meager way used to do some uh, triathlons and used to run into that on the bike you know the the bike ride um there was one triathlon i used to do near here for uh the hemophilia it used to be down on canadagua lake and i just remember one climb on the bike it was like 2.1 miles going uphill on the bike and every year, it was like, I can't believe I'm doing this to myself. I can't believe, no matter how much I train, that hill always used to kick my butt. Um, but uh, just, Does he have somebody, like, leading him around, like, showing him where to go? Does, or does he have, like, uh, how does he know where to go? I think he's got, he shows a picture of his watch. I think he's got GPS on his watch, okay. but he's got, like, okay. a support team there. See, so this is like a the, chase vehicle, right? Yeah, he's got oh, a okay. chase vehicle. Okay. He bought an RV. I'll tell you what, nothing more frightening. Than being in West Virginia at night and not knowing where you're going if well, you're in the middle of yeah. some you know some rural area because you you could be tooling around in all different directions and you have no idea where you're going. Yeah, well, I think you know he's done. He's starting like he'll be starting shortly, and he'll uh, I don't know nine ten o'clock. He'll be done by uh, one or two o'clock. Oh, okay. And uh, well, like you go. said, he spends the rest of the day recovering, doing something? different things. But he he was once again understating again. He talks about eating. He's cooking for his support <laughs> crew and stuff. He's the one who's doing that. He's not <laughs> sitting hibachi. there. Get, he's not the one sitting there getting waited on. He's yeah. he's moving and grooving during the whole thing. But uh, he's got his routine down, and uh, we'll keep him in our thoughts. We got two more weeks of this, uh, a little bit more than two weeks, and June eleventh, he'll be finishing. And folks, uh, just uh, once again, he's doing this for a cause. He's doing it for uh, Tony Mazurkowitz. And let's, uh, if you haven't donated, um, please do. Um, yeah, how do you do that? So a couple different things you can do. He mentioned, uh, did you write it down? I saw you write it down. Uh, Yellowjacketracing.com. Right, and then just go to uh, uh, until you find the race. But there's also an opportunity just to donate. And also uh, you can buy some T-shirts online uh, to show support. Uh, And you also can go to thelocusclub.org. 
the Rochester Police Locust Club. Their their website is locustclub.org, and that's right on the splash page of their website. You can click right into this um, and and make a donation. And every penny is going, as as Brett said, uh, going to the family. And you know, money's never going to make up for it. Uh, you had someone who was a very senior port part of his career, very short time before retiring. You've worked hard. You're looking to your future, the next phase in your life, and um, something like this happens. Uh, just uh, there's no, you know, there's no recovering from it. Truly, we're you, proud that he's an Avon native too. Yeah. So um, uh, we'll uh, we'll just keep we'll keep you up to date the next couple weeks on and keep uh, Brett uh, and his support crew in your prayers. Um, so, Steve, I know uh, we got Memorial Day coming, and I know you wanted to uh, yeah, I did. Uh, hit up on a few more local folks that uh, made the ultimate yeah, sacrifice. Yeah, we're, we're remembering uh, uh, soldiers and sailors and, and airmen from, uh, and Marines, of course, from uh, Okinawa, uh, 78 years later. Uh, and, before uh, we get I, get into that, Steve, we only have about a minute before we go to break here. Yeah. So, so uh, let's uh, let, let, give us the background on Okinawa a little bit more. O- Okinawa before, was before, the last... before we wade into the, oh, okay. the guys. Well, Okinawa was the last great campaign of World War II, and uh, it was in the Pacific uh, island of uh, Okinawa, which is part of Japan. Uh, it lasted from from one April nineteen forty five until twenty two June forty five. And in that time frame, we, we, um, the United States, lost 12,000 uh, men. And uh, the Japanese lost over 100,000. And there were over 100,000 Okinawans that were killed, native Okinawans that were killed during the battle. It was bloody. Uh, it started off as a, an easy uh, invasion, uh, amphibious invasion. And then um, slowly but surely, the Japanese made it a, a meat grinder. And it, was, uh, it got worse as the days went on, and finally, uh, the Japanese just quit. Uh, it was all about uh, taking something called the, the Shuri Line, which was in the center of the island. There's a ridge, and the Japanese uh, had it uh, all zeroed in, and they had it all uh, uh, mapped out, and they were going to really decimate us, and they did. All right, more from uh, Colonel uh, Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Amano on Valor Radio. Well, we're back after the break. Come on. The way you hold my hand And when I'm down You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Thanks so much for joining us here on Memorial Day weekend on the WYSL stations for Valor Radio. Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. <clears throat> wow. Uh, thanks, Robert. <laughs> That's scary. The voice didn't work. So, Steve, uh, we were talking about uh, Okinawa, and we've been trying to uh, acknowledge the sacrifice. Memorial Day's coming uh, in a week, and this is a chance to keep working through, uh, unfortunately, a very large list yeah, of large uh, list. folks from try Rochester. And, try and move through, uh, just so I, we mention some people and tell you a little bit about them. First one is uh, Sergeant Ralph H. Hall, U.S. Army, uh, infantryman, 24 years old with the 77th Infantry Division. He died of wounds on, on 4 May 45 in Okinawa. He had been previously awarded the Bronze Star for combat action on Guam. He was later wounded in action on Leyte in uh, uh, December of 44. He was a graduate of Madison High School and was employed before the war at Stecker Trong Lithograph Corporation. That's where um, uh, the Village Gate is downtown. Yeah, yep, North Right, and then uh, he was buried at West Haven Cemetery in Parenton. 
your neck of the woods. Um, First Lieutenant John Harrook, U.S. Army, field artilleryman, uh, officer, 27 years old, with Battery B, 362nd Field Artillery Battalion, 96th Infantry Division. He died of wounds on 13 April 45 on Okinawa. He's listed by the War Department as being from Broome County, but he lived here while attending school at U of R and married a Pittsburgh girl uh, while he was here. They had a daughter who was born here. Uh, his his uh, wife lived on Menden Road in Pittsburgh. While he was overseas in October 44, um, um, uh, he had a daughter that was born here, uh, as I said. Um, uh, he's enshrined on the uh, War Memorial uh, Honor Roll, uh, and he's buried at the National Cemetery of the Pacific in Honolulu. Corporal Roderick Harrison Halfolter, U.S. Marine Corps Reserve, uh, nicknamed Dick. Uh, he was 21 years old, a rifleman with uh, uh, Howe Company, 3rd Battalion, 29th Marine Regiment, 6th Marine Division. He was killed in action on 18 May 45 in Okinawa. He grew up in Walcott, attending Leavenworth Central High School, relocated to Rochester prior to the outbreak of World War II. Uh, he's not on the War Memorial Wall. Um, he was uh, 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 employed before the war at uh, Gleason Works and uh, was most likely living with his sister at 31 Howell Street in Rochester. Private Joseph Michael Hansinger, U.S. Marine Corps Reserve, was only 18. Uh, he was with uh, uh, K Company, uh, 3rd Battalion, 1st Marine Regiment, 1st Marine Division. Uh, he was either killed in action or died of his wounds, depending on who you ask, uh, on 14 June forty-five on Okinawa. He had a brother who was MIA in the Air Corps one year earlier, but was later repatriated. Joseph joined the Marines five months later after attending Brighton High School and Edison Tech. Uh, he's buried in Arlington National, National Cemetery in Section 34. Uh, Private First Class Alexander uh, Kachuk, uh, named Al- nicknamed Alex, was a Marine Corps reservist, 23 years old. He was with Signal Company, Headquarters Battalion, 6th Marine Division. He was killed in action on the 27th of June, 45, on uh, Okinawa, five days after the island was declared secure. So even after they declared it secure, they, they, they were still taking lives. Before the war, he lived uh, with his parents and his sister at 30 Wakefield Street in, in Rochester. Um, uh, uh, he was a graduate of Benjamin Franklin High School and was employed by Stromberg Carlson Corporation prior to entering service in March 43. Uh, He's considered by the Navy Department to be from Albion, New York, uh, go figure, in Orleans County. Seaman First Class uh, Warren Eugene Carp, USNR, was 20 years old. Uh, he was a qualified gun director at 20, which is pretty cool. Uh, he was with the ship's company of USS Halligan, uh, DD-584, destroyer. He was killed in action 26 March 45, southwest of Okinawa, when his destroyer struck a mine, causing the Halligan to sink along with 162 of his crew, crew members. His body was never recovered. His name is listed uh, uh, in the Tablets of the Missing at Honolulu uh, uh, Cemetery. Uh, he was an only son. He lived uh, before the war with his mother at 165 Kinnery Drive. In his short life, Seaman Carp had participated in invasion landings in Sicily in 1943 and subsequent landings in the Pacific. He was awarded the Purple Heart posthumously. And if i got time for one more. Sure. Seaman First Class William 
uh, Roy Kellerman, USNR, Naval Reserve, 19 years old, was a fire controlman striker. Ship's company, USS Purdy, DD-734, destroyer. He was killed in action 12 April 45, 60 miles off Okinawa, while performing radar picket duty, and his ship was attacked at that time by a formation of Jap- uh, Japanese kamikaze planes. One plane struck the ship, exploding and uh, uh, in, in, uh, causing the deaths of 15 sailors, uh, 25 more being wounded. Uh, before the war, Seaman Kellerman lived at 5 Utica Place, Rochester. He's buried at Whitehaven Cemetery in Parenton, next to his cousin, Private Curtis E. Vincent, U.S. Army Medical Corps, killed at Anzio. Unbelievable. Steve, thanks for that. Folks, Absolutely. I, I, I happy get, Memorial Day. Well, yeah. Remember Memorial Day. Yeah. I don't like to say happy Memorial right. Day, but Steve, I want to I'm going to embarrass you now. Um Steve has spent a lot of time, years uh trying to make sure that uh we know the people from uh, our community that have made the sacrifice, that made the ultimate sacrifice in World War II and um I I sort of forced him into taking his the the product of his effort and communicating with uh, folks at the county and they're working uh, you know everybody makes the best effort to do the best they can but we have our World War II memorial uh, at uh, Blue Cross Arena or whatever it's called right now but it's always going to be the war memorial for us right um, Amen and you uh, said it and found that there's some uh, discrepancies there so. Uh, the county is working right now based on Steve's research to uh, make that right and make sure uh, that at least that little piece of history is as correct as we possibly can make it and uh, make sure we acknowledge those folks that may have been missed in uh, you know collecting of the data originally. It's There's too many names there as it is. Unfortunately, we're going to be adding more, but it's people that have earned and it absolutely would not have happened without... Steve's effort and uh, uh and I know, your effort. I appreciate it, Paul. Um, I, I appreciate no, I, you getting the thing jump started. Um I, listen, it's it's all on you that uh without your uh without you doing this, these guys would be forgotten. That's really just it. And so for generations to come, um who knows uh what uh family member or what you know, what what will happen in the future, but we know now that forever these folks are going to be memorialized here in our community where they came from and uh and probably some of their last thoughts were of our community um and uh what they were fighting for so uh thanks steve i want to i just want to make sure that people understand this is not something that's easily done it's a tremendous effort on your part and uh I it's, a, it's that, a labor Paul. of love it I is. Mean, you can it see is. That. it is for me it was um so I'm, I'm glad glad that it was able to happen. So yeah, so and thank, I appreciate all the people that were involved in doing it. Yeah, folks, I'm just <clears throat> I'm going to give you a little reminder here. Steve mentioned it. It's Memorial Day. Uh, it's to honor those that have uh, made that ultimate sacrifice in defending our nation. And I know, um, I'm, I know the next uh, week or so, people are going to be saying, and I'll see them around Memorial Day. And I, I don't think there's any bad intent, but um, I know for a lot of veterans. I hate to say it, but they find it offensive when uh, someone says Happy Memorial Day or thank you for your service on Memorial Day. And that I, I got to tell you, that's the last thing a veteran wants to hear on Memorial Day because our focus. It's not our day. It's not our day at all. And we don't want for a, a split second any 
um, take anything away from those that did make the sacrifice. Uh, so I know, like I said, I, I know it's well intentioned, but um, just to be considerate uh, of of those, and I know. For some veterans, it's a trigger, unfortunately, when uh, someone does that. Our day is Veterans Day, and we'll, we're happy mm-hmm. with that, and we don't need anything mm-hmm. more than that. But uh, really, let's let's not forget, uh, I was at the Highland Bowl or Highland uh, f- or Lilac Festival this last week, and I always start and finish my trips to Highland Park at uh, Sergeant Gary Bikirk uh, par- portion of the park, which mm-hmm. now includes... Uh, both the Vietnam Veterans Memorial and the Global War on Terror Memorial, um, and I, I think it's important. And my wife always asks; and she doesn't ask anymore. She knows I'm gonna, we're gonna walk in that way, and we're gonna walk out that mm-hmm. way, no matter what we do at Highland Park. Yep. And folks, Bob, you know, you always talk about this around Memorial Day. Um, it's a chance to really educate the youngsters that are out there. Uh, yeah, take about some, the sacrifice. Take some youngsters up there because there's an ideal opportunity with the Vietnam. Veterans Memorial in particular, mm-hmm. uh, there is a timeline that winds along that uh, along that uh, uh, that sidewalk. It's kind of the serpentine sidewalk, and it's lined with these bollards of 280 guys <clears throat> who uh, who were killed or are missing uh, at uh, it, during the Vietnam War, and it uh, calls out the you know their their birth date, uh, the date they left this earth or went missing, uh, and the high school that they graduated from. And I encourage you to adopt a guy. Uh, go up there, get some, get a parade flag or whatever you can at the CVS. Uh, you know, some kind of a decoration. They ask you not to affix anything to the bollards, but you can you can stick it in the ground mm-hmm. alongside it, and and get to know this guy. I mean, my guy is Ray Miles. He's from Livonia, and uh, and he went missing in in 1970. And uh, you you. Uh, you make the, a connection the, that way. Yeah, the, these guys, if you could talk to them today, because mm-hmm. uh, they didn't have the opportunity to come and live amongst us and sit on the porch this Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. and, and have a beer and do a, a cookout, they just don't want to be forgotten. So don't forget them. That's right. So, uh, And with the new memorial, with Global War on Terror, we have uh, the names of the folks uh, that... that Made the sacrifice. Uh, I, heard, I heard a British guy uh, say one time uh, on a documentary, he said, uh, he reminded these kids growing up, he said, they gave up all their tomorrows for your today. And truer words. So um, let's enjoy Memorial Day, but let's not forget the purpose of it. And uh, make sure our kids understand, our, your kids, your grandchildren, um, without you teaching them, unfortunately, the education system's not going to teach them what they need to know about these things. Hearing some music, we'll come back uh, with a bit more Valor Radio here on WYSL.
your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli.
So uh, just heard from the uh, West Point Glee Club uh, a song that was made famous in the movie We Were Soldiers uh, that uh, tells the story of Hell and Julie Moore um, and uh, Hell's career ending with two stars, uh, but really coming into his own as a commander, battalion commander in Vietnam first uh, on his first tour there. Um, this is, uh, once again, in honor of those that uh, made the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, you know, that song, uh, that piece of music is just, uh, I purposely don't play it all the time. Um, I could listen to it every morning, but uh, just it, it really does uh, encapsulate and get you in the mood and uh, really does bring into uh, you know into focus the sacrifice that folks have made and uh, every year on Memorial Day I know it's the first summer holiday and mm-hmm. um, that's okay people I mean people made that sacrifice so that other people could uh, enjoy the opportunities right. that life gives them and uh, just uh, very sobering every time every time I hear that so. Uh, Brings it all home. Yeah, thanks, Bob, for playing that today. Oh, it's a. I'm. Uh, it's. I, I can't say it's a pleasure to do it. It's. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a ritual. I think every year, or at least we try to make it that. It and I think. It's, I think it's also important to, to recognize this is a time to remind us of the quality of life that we have in this country mm-hmm. that has been preserved by these people historically, and uh, the United States has taken its lumps. Uh, at the hands of self-interested people uh, over uh, without wading into politics here. But we have to appreciate what we have, which was all made possible by these these folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we don't want to lose touch with that. I know during the year we spend a lot of time talking about some of the challenges, some of the issues, uh, some of the things that really make us angry that we see happening around us. But uh, when it all comes back... Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I got got to say, last year this time, you know, I was visiting, uh, got to visit uh, memorials in Belgium or cemetery in Belgium, oh. and um, I, I didn't want to leave the place. Really? You know, I had four hour, three or four hours there, and really it wasn't even enough. And it was a small, one of the smaller cemeteries. It only had uh, under six thousand. Uh, it feels like America there. Yeah, it sure does. It sure does, and. Um, I know and for they, the most part, those people take great care of us. They do they phenomenal do. care. They do. I I was I, I felt like when I was walking there, I felt like I was walking at Augusta National. I know. Um, it's I, that it's that, that know, the, perfect. The pictures look good, but when you're there, it's even better. I mean, the the how meticulously those places are maintained. Um, it's amazing. I would tell you if you are traveling to Europe, uh, take. Take the time, take a little side trip, and uh, it, it really, it's it, especially once again for a family, um, there's absolutely no substitute about it. I guess one of my biggest regrets, um, I, my father and uh, uh, my brother and sister-in-law, my father and mother and brother and sister-in-law got to go to Normandy. Um, Saint uh, Laurent? And oh, I love that place. That... Uh, you know, obviously, it was the first time my father was back to Europe since World War II, Ooh. and that was during the whole Desert Storm time frame, so it's not something that I could participate in, and um, I would have loved to have been there with my father. And uh, I got to uh, be uh, at Normandy with my dad 
on the 50th anniversary in, unif- in, in uniform. No kidding. And he was in uniform. No kidding. I got him a, a, a Nike jacket, and, and my ma tailored it. My ma was a seamstress, and uh, is a seamstress. And uh, it was beautiful because he, you know, he had. I got him a nice pair of uh, old jump boots, and he looked good. He great in them. I mean, people came up and wanted their picture taken with him. <laughs> but he had his ribbons on. He was proud. He, it was beautiful. That's what an absolute wonderful experience. So, um, but once again, as we as we hit Memorial Day, I know I had probably ten stories we were going to talk about today, and <laughs> the show sometimes takes, you know, takes its own path. Yeah, and. Uh, um, you know, so at the parades this weekend, take the kids to the parades, but make sure you talk about why there are parades and um, uh, right. see what we can do. I know uh, a lot of towns are doing a lot of different things this weekend. Uh, enjoy yourselves this weekend, and mm-hmm. but just take a moment to reflect and be thankful uh, how we how we were able to get to this point. I know we got some great challenges in this country. We're not going to get into politics today at all, but. Um, it's the resilience of this country, and it's a sacrifice of people like that, and the willingness of people to sacrifice that you know the greatness of this country is born. So um, I would just ask folks as we uh, come upon uh, Memorial Day weekend uh, that we uh, um, we do what we need to do uh, to m- remember the folks that uh, make have it made a, that an sacrifice. important day for for your family, right? Right, not Adam. just a, a day to. Uh, you know, to to, uh, to barbecue or to, you know, look at cars or something. You know, it's 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 important day. That's right, Robert. Thank you, um, thank you guys, uh, Steve. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, special thanks again for the effort you made with uh, you're making with the county, folks. Uh, let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coasties, uh, Guardians. All those serving on behalf of our nation, keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers every single day. And go, Brett. We'll see you next week on Valor Radio. God bless America. There's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory. I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures. My responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good.